Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Leviticus chapter 1 verse 1 this morning. The Lord called to Moses from the tabernacle and said to him, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you present an animal as an offering to the Lord, you may take it from your herd of cattle or your flock of sheep and goats. If the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the herd, it must be a male with no defects. Bring it to the entrance of the tabernacle so you may be accepted by the Lord. Lay your hand on the animal's head and the Lord will accept its death in your place to purify you, making you right with him. Father, this is your word today and it's still alive and active. And it still tells us who you are. And may we be forever changed because of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Leviticus, I can feel the excitement in the air. In fact, as I was up here praying a while ago, I thought, way to go, Pam and Roger. You brought the whole family on Leviticus Day. Like, if that doesn't scream, bring your family to church, nothing does, right? I know it's, it's an exciting book to cover, right? And, and I, I want you guys to try to contain the excitement if you can, all right? Let's not interrupt with all the excitement. Whew, yeah, my Wednesday night people, y'all are prepped and ready for this. I know you are. Now, let me be honest. When I'm doing sermon prep, I always want to try to come up with some sermon illustration, something that makes you remember what we're talking about, right? So here were some of the possibilities this week. How to skin and process animals. I thought some of you men could help us with that, right? Like we could have had a whole deer skinning like... Wait, that would have been illegal to go kill. Well, somebody could have hit one on the way to work, on the way to church this morning. Because that place where Alex hit his, by the way, just in the last couple of weeks, there's been two more hit there. Like, that is just the worst crossing ever. So that was one option. We could have had a how-to on skinning and processing animals. I told them Wednesday night as I began reading Leviticus, all I could envision was a meat processing plant and a barbecue joint. That's all I could see. My other thought of an illustration, I could have showed you Dr. Pimple Popper videos. Because, let's be honest, there's a whole section on if you had skin diseases, you had to come to the priest. They had to check you out, see if it was a real disease or not. Like All I could think of, and Thomas said, that's a hard no. <laughs> he said, I know you do things a little off the cuff sometimes. He said, but I'm drawing a line with that one. We're, we're not showing Dr. Pimple Popper here. Because I told him, I said, I feel like my official title, if I was a, a priest in, in the Israelite days, would be Reverend Dr. Pimple Popper. That's, that's all I could think about. We could do a whole series on how to clean your house. Ladies, yeah, who's on like organizing TikTok side of things? Like we love to watch them. We just never implement those videos, do we? We just think, wow, that would have been a good idea. Or we could do like a whole talk on the 613 ways to get out of going to church on Sunday morning. Everybody's ears perked up on that one. Hold up. Yeah, because when you're reading through, there's all these different laws. And if you were considered unclean, you'd have to sit out, you know, 24 hours, sometimes a week. And, and so you couldn't go to church if that was, yeah, see, y'all should read Leviticus. There's some good stuff in there. But then my favorite, 
And I promise if I could have had the t-shirt made Wednesday night, people, by today, I would have had it. Leviticus 3.16. All the fat belongs to the Lord. Amen and amen and amen. And I might have a bigger offering than some. I'm just saying, that was our favorite verse Wednesday night. We actually laughed Wednesday night talking about Leviticus. That has never happened, right? We've cried till we laugh, but we were actually laughing Wednesday night as we were starting the process of reading Leviticus. Now, I did find a video, and this is a little different than the one on Facebook, but the same. Same difference. Thomas hates that. But here's how to sum up Leviticus. You're stealing. Right to jail. You're playing music too loud? Right to jail. Right away. You're driving too fast? Jail. Slow? Jail. You're charging too high prices for uh, sweaters, glasses? You right to jail. You undercook fish? Believe it or not, jail. You overcook chicken? Also jail. Undercook, overcook. Yeah. Anything you did, like right to jail. There, there was no distinguishing that, right? So, so I get it. Leviticus is not probably in our top 10 books of the Bible that we love to read. Is there an amen in the house? Amen. I knew, you better, yeah. You, you always my top one. And I get that, but at the same time, we're still trying to pull things out of Leviticus, okay? So Leviticus, reading Leviticus reminds me, has anybody ever been to any of the crystal mines over in Hot Springs, like Coleman's Crystal Mine? Have you ever went crystal digging? Man, you are missing it. Take Har Miguel, take Har Miguel. You want her to play in the dirt, take her to a crystal mine, okay? Perfect place. So what happens over there is the owners are digging for the crystals and things that they're going to sell, right? Like they're getting the big stuff out. And then all the excess dirts get piled somewhere and you go in, you pay $10, $15 for whatever the day's worth is. And you get to dig all you want in that dirt. And anything you find is yours. Like anything you find in there is yours. And we went when we were in like junior high, when we had went there. But what I loved about this thought process, so the owners have, have already gotten what they consider the best stuff, right? The big money items that they found in these veins that they're digging in. This book is written to the Israelites. Can we remember that? This was written to the Israelites and so these instructions are for Aaron and the priest, his sons, who are to teach them to the Israelites on how to be set apart for God in this period of time. Okay? So that's important for us, for us to understand. The original owners are the Israelites. That's who God was speaking to. Now, over in Hot Springs, as we would dig, we're allowed to keep anything we find. Big crystals? I couldn't find. I had my, I have a jar that I have of all these crystals that I found. Um, but there were people that day that they found like huge, just huge formations of crystals. There were some that found amethyst, right? Now I had Jason, I don't know if he showed them to you yet. We have pictures of amethyst. So you've seen amethyst in the rock shop. You know, when you go somewhere on vacation, you see that. But do you, do you know what amethyst looks like before this? Show the next one, Jason. So if you don't know what you're looking for, you just think it's another rock. You just think it's a clump of dirt, right? 
And so we knew that. And so there were some of the kids, they spent the day not looking for crystals. They were looking for those odd little rocks. And they had a hammer busting all of them open. And there was some of them that found some beautiful amethyst rocks. But you had to know what you was looking for. You see, as we read through Leviticus, and we're only halfway there. If you're reading through the recap with me, we're, we're about halfway through Leviticus, so don't give up on me yet. Don't give up. And I can tell who's ready to give up because y'all won't give me eye contact this morning. We'll talk about that Wednesday night. But what we need to do is look for the treasures. All right? I, I've said this time and time again, no matter what you're reading in the Old Testament, two questions. What do I learn about God? And what am I learning about Jesus Christ? Because that's who it's all about. That's who it's all about. And so just like amethyst just looks like a regular rock, like it's so mundane. But if you know what you're looking for, you find these beautiful treasures. And that's what I feel like Leviticus is. It's a hidden treasure, believe it or not. So what have we been finding and learning? So last week, we kind of talked about this because we talked about them building the tabernacle right? This place where God would reside in his holy presence. And God was, he was meeting with Moses on Sinai already, remember? And he would give these instructions to Moses to take back to the people. And it's, it's overwhelming when you read the directions for building this tabernacle, because it's just so much detail. We talked Wednesday night, God is a God of detail, And every little ornate part of that tabernacle was talked about. Now listen, church, the whole purpose of that tabernacle was so God could be with his people. That's pretty impressive to me. Because here's the deal. The system of meeting Moses up on the mountaintop seemed to be working. Minus that whole golden calf thing we talked about last week. But I mean, it seemed to be working. Like God spoke to Moses. Moses brought the word down to the people. That's what a prophet does. That seems to be working. And, and later in the New Testament, when we start reading in Revelation and kind of get an idea of where God is, where his throne is, the beauty of it is so overwhelming, like we can't even describe it to really match up to what it is. Right? So then that makes you think, then why in the world would he want to come down on earth to be with his creation, to be with you and I, to be with the people? That's the heart of who God is. He's redeeming what man broke in the garden. We talked about that last week, about the fact that God walked with Adam in the garden and so he's trying to redeem that. We, we too often, I was thinking even Emily, and Emily knows home is one of my, my favorite songs. And, and we think so often about going, but it's really about God coming. That's why his name's Emmanuel when Jesus shows up, God with us. So here's the deal. He, he's trying to set his people apart. That's what Leviticus is all about. It's the rules and regulation that makes them different than everybody else. Who answered my Facebook post last night? We had pulled pork, we had fried catfish, or we had lobster and crab legs. If you answered anything besides three, you were wrong. Just, I had to tell you that. That's my favorite. 
But actually, I wanted to tell you all, winner, winner, chicken dinner. If you're on the Leviticus diet, you got none of that. I, I kept waiting for somebody to make a comment, but y'all, I was like, I ain't reading Leviticus. They're just skipping over it. Because when you read Leviticus, when you start getting into what you can eat, you can't eat those camels. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> that one I'm okay with. You can't eat the rabbit. No more rabbit stew or dumplings or whatever we make. You can't eat the pigs. Oh, my bacon. I love my bacon. Sorry. You can't eat that catfish. There were no scales on them. Shellfish, crabs, lobsters. But let me tell you what you can have. All you can eat buffet. Locusts. Crickets. Yeah. Grasshoppers. You guys are so lucky that my husband was out of these things. Because I didn't know till last night. We obviously keep these on hand for the stinking squirrel in my house. I didn't even know that. I thought we just had little mealyworms. But no, obviously we have these other bugs, right? We fed those to teens, by the way. Bo, I do give you the okay. They have those in like sucker form. You can feed those to the teens. So just so you know. So you can have all that you want. Right? The list of the do's and the don'ts. It's long. I got you. It's, it's, it's a lot. But church, listen, don't lose sight. Do not lose sight of what God is doing. He's renewing their mind. They've come out of Egypt. He's renewing their mind on how they're supposed to live. Right? And God was drawing his people to himself. Now, as you read through these rules, some of them make sense, by the way. The hygiene, the cleanliness of things. Like when, when you're sick and you need to quarantine, when you got mildew in your house, you need to clean or burn it down. We have those issues today too, right? Get a little black mold somewhere and see what happens. It's like a 2319 coming down on your house, right? So some of those rules make sense. Even some of the food rules make sense. Because guess what? They didn't have somebody telling you, make sure the thermometer hits 165 so that chicken's done. Right? They didn't have all that knowledge that we have. So some of it does make sense. And guess what? There's just some of those rules that are never going to make sense. Like it was just, okay, just do it because God said, I don't know why. It's like telling your kids, mama said, well, why? I don't know. Just do what mama said and everybody stays happy. Okay? That's That's what happens in the home. But what does make sense, and this is the part that starts getting me excited, is God had a plan. He has a plan for the lineage of Jesus to bring Jesus through the line of Judah. He needs his people to stay separate, to set apart. And he has a plan for a Messiah who comes along and keeps all of those rules perfectly. It wasn't meant, though, for you and I to keep it perfectly. God is always, though, making a way for the humans to draw near to him. That's what I want you to see in Leviticus. We see a lot of ick, right? There's a whole TikTok we can make about Leviticus. But if you flip what you're looking for, you're going to see a God who is making a way for people to draw near to him. We, we see all the, the offerings when you're reading through. You got the burnt offering, you got the sin offering, you got the peace offering, the grain offering, the guilt offering. 
All these offerings. Kind of like I said, everything we do, straight to jail. Or you got to go get cleansed. But these were about making atonement with God because God is a holy God. God is a holy God, but he wants us to be near him. Now, provisions, this is what I love. When you start looking at, we brought this out Wednesday night. When you start looking at it, God even made provision for people who were poor. Because when he would start laying out the law and he's like, okay, here's this offering. You need to bring a lamb and you need to bring uh, a pigeon or a turtle love over here. He said, oh, but if you can't afford that lamb, then bring me two turtle doves or two pigeons. Oh, and if you can't even afford the two birds, bring me your best flower and we'll do a grain offering with it. So he even was making provisions. In fact, we talked about that's how we know that Jesus' parents were poor because they didn't bring the required lamb. They brought two turtle doves or two pigeons, which tells us their class. And so those are the little treasures that we are beginning to kind of scrape out of Leviticus. And that's not a God who's indifferent and doesn't care about his people. I see a God who loves his creation so desperately that he wants to be with us. He's not just writing us off. And I know Leviticus gets heavy, it gets confusing, but this was never the bigger plan of his redemption. Keep that in mind. This is just a piece of the story. And what did we learn about God? He's patient. He's kind. He's forgiving. He's merciful. He's gracious. Like he makes a way. And, you, and, and understand a lot of the rules that we start kind of weaving through, it wasn't just about sin. It was just about being set apart, being clean, being able to serve, being in God's presence. But then I got to the reading for today, and actually, okay, nobody has ever said this, but yesterday when I was reading Leviticus, I got so excited reading, I forgot to stop and kept reading. And Thomas was like, that's not even today's reading. What are you doing? And I was like, I'm sorry, I just got caught up in it all, right? Said nobody but the pastor ever. (sighs) But Leviticus 16, if you don't read anything... Please read this, because this is the biggest piece of amethyst you're going to find. The Day of Atonement. So atonement means to make amends for something that's been done wrong. In other words, it's us making amends to God because we've sinned, right? That's all it is about. And so on this day, I'll just give you the brief version of it. On this day, Aaron, who is the high priest would come and and the people, this is a one time a year kind of thing, would come and and he would have to go in to the people. Let me just give you the, the short snippet. There are three characters in Old Testament. There is the king who represents is supposed to be a reflection of God. There, and we haven't got to kings yet because they haven't started crying out. There is the um the prophet who is Moses who goes up, God speaks to him, he brings the word to us, and then there's the priest, who the people come to, and then he goes speaks to God for them, 
Okay, does that make sense? And so we see this in Aaron as the high priest. And so on the day of atonement, he has to one, purify himself for his own sins. So he has to bring a bull and a ram. And then he has to do it for the whole community. So if, if, if this was the day of atonement, you would bring in two goats and a ram to represent everybody. Okay. And then they would cast lots to decide which of those goats would get sacrificed and which one would get released. And this is where we get the thought of a scapegoat, right? We all know what a scapegoat is. So the scapegoat, they would put their hands on and all the sins of the people would be placed on that goat and then he would be taken into the wilderness and set free. Okay? And then the other lucky ducky goat got to be slaughtered as the sacrifice. Now, some people say that Jesus is our scapegoat. But I have a different thought. Because does anybody remember when they bring Jesus before Pontius Pilate? Who else got brought to Pontius Pilate? Barabbas, the known criminal. That, that it was a no-brainer. Pontius Pilate said, who do you want me to let go today? Should have been a no-brainer. But they cried out for Barabbas to go free. What do you want me to do with Jesus then? Crucify him. Do you see the imagery that we have there? Barabbas was sent out and Jesus was sent to the cross. It's the same imagery that we are seeing in Leviticus. Now, yes, Jesus, I think the reason Thomas and I had this discussion this morning about this, I said, sometimes it's hard as we're reading this because we see, oh, well, this kind of reminds me of Jesus, but wait a minute, this is a prophet or wait, this is a priest. It's because Jesus is all three. He's our king. He's the prophet. And he's our high priest. So as you're reading through the Old Testament, there's a lot of treasures to find. Because it's all about him. It's all about who God is. And it's all about him. Oh, church, we don't live by the law. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But we still live by knowing the heart of who God is. And we still see that in that Old Testament. He still wants us to be set apart and holy for a broken world around him. He still wants us to come and draw near. That's what this should be this morning, us drawing near to who God is. He's still redeeming what is lost in the garden. Remember, he walked with Adam in the garden if you go to Revelations chapter 21, we see a picture of the new Jerusalem. It says the old heaven and the old earth will pass away and the new heaven and the new earth will come. And it says that God will come down and walk with his people and live with his people. It's all about redeeming the story and bringing God to us in a way that we still don't know. The old is gone. The new has come. Raymond, go ahead and let our kiddos 
to come back in here. I think one of the most beautiful things when we see in the Old Testament, we see this picture of Jesus. There was another one. I told Thomas I wasn't sure I was going because this makes me sound like such a nerd. I'm telling you, chapter 16, Leviticus, you got to read it. Another part of that day, and I hope this triggers a thought for you as well. So Aaron makes the sacrifice. He does everything he's supposed to to make atonement for the people's sin, right? To make them right with God. And when he's done, verse 23 says, When Aaron goes back into the tabernacle, he must take off the linen garments he was wearing when he entered the most holy place, and he must leave the garments there. What did Jesus do with his burial clothes? He took them off, and he left them there. You see, he's our high priest. He goes before the Father to atone for our sins. And when he, when he left, he said, Okay, disciples, now it's your turn. Go and make Christ-like disciples in all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.